0: awesome welcome to the pro formula podcast i'm your host tarik shabazz and on our podcast we help professionals figure out that formula to take their business to the next level i'm sitting in here in dallas texas y'all with my man dream at the studio at dream motivate studio man if you don't know about it you need to learn about it but while i'm still out here in dallas you know i gotta represent the hometown baby the world champion them denver nuggets man but more than that man i want to let y'all know i'm so 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 excited to introduce you all to my guest uh, it's mr kp um the owner of unique image beauty supply out there in arlington texas KP, what's up with it, baby? What's up, big dog? Man, it's good to see you, man. All good crazy, to connect man. with you and link, bro. I'm so excited about today, man. a blessing.
1: What you been up to, man? Man, grinding, man. You know, I got a pretty, pretty big schedule, man. I, uh, you know, you know. Shout out to my boy Dream, man. You know, he, uh, we talked about, you know, balancing in time, you know, and so I've got a lot of hats I got to wear. Yeah. So I, uh, of course, I'm a father. Um, got three kids and uh you know work. I'm I'm a director at a dealership called Vanguard in Arlington. Okay. I manage multiple people. I make sure the whole operation is running smoothly. Not only that, I own a unique image, beauty supply. I have multiple employees and I make sure everybody's taken care
0: of and I also have a podcast called You or uh Beauty in the City. Beauty in the City, that's how we're gonna get into all of that man because um one of the things that I want to talk to you about is how do we manage Working your nine to five and also living out your dream, building your business. And and, I, and you said something that at the start of it like I'm grinding. Yep. I understand that. But talk to me a little bit about what that looks like when you over here putting in all those hours and all of that, all of that work. How, how are you doing all of that, man? You know,
1: first off, I've been in the car business for about 18 years. And so within the 18 years, I, I leveled up all the way from the beginning, from the bottom, all the way to the top. Or not necessarily my ceiling but pretty high up in the, in the in the, in the, uh, in the business um, From doing that I learned how to do that part of the job so when you have a family, you have a business and you have entertainment which my entertainment is interviewing people like yourself as yeah. well you got to find a time to balance everything and so uh, man to answer your question I it, it's admits it, it it's the schedule. I, put every, I try to write everything down, try to balance everything. It's not perfect. Yeah. Um, I still try to figure out ways to, you know, make everybody happy. But the, at the end of the day, I, I'm not doing anything that's stupid. I do everything that I feel is right for me and my family and also to make money at the same time. Yeah. You know, so.
0: I get that. And I think, you know, sometimes when we're looking at entrepreneurs, they just think, um, man, the only way I can do it is I got to go full time with this, you know, but you seem to have found a way that you're doing your business. You know, you got the unique, uh, beauty supply, uh, unique image beauty supply, but then you also are working your nine to five. How do you make sure that you're putting enough time in your business to grow your business the right way? And I heard you say, um, that you got a staff. Is it because you got a team and they out there putting in the work with you? Yeah. Let me ask you. And I'm glad you said
1: that. Um, I came from an environment where, I had no choice but to have trust issues. You know, um, when I start, when you when you have something, a, a baby, and you build something from the bottom to the top, and everything came out of your pocket, that right there makes you f- hey, no one could touch my money because every single dollar that is in the store. Let's give you an example: the paper, the trash bags, everything came out of my pocket. Yeah. So when it gets that sensitive it's uh you get a little bit more emotional about you know trusting people but i had to learn how to trust trusting other people so that you could carry on let the system
0: and the process do what it has to do in order for you to do other bigger things yeah it's a dope book that y'all should check out i'm always i'm a big reader it's called who not how Mm -hmm. and that book really just talks about you know you got to figure out the who's and, and then they let people who have their talent, let them work their talent so that you can do what it is that you that you do. Okay. Is that something that you are, are learning to do or is this something that's like like I I hear you saying you had trust issues. How did you overcome that so that you can put people in position I where they can let do it go? I
1: had to let it go. I uh, actually uh, spoke spoke to some more executives like yourself. Um, he, he told me, he said, hey, listen, I know everything's your baby. I know everything's good. But if you want to make more money, you got to remove yourself, let, the, let it go. Don't leave it. That's right. Don't leave the baby. But you got to trust your process. You hire the right people to do what you need to do and that's make the sure they, exactly, that's the who. And so um, you got to make sure that they do everything exactly as if you were at the store, because to me, I, I feel that I'm a solid leader. So with me being a leader, I, for me, the definition of leaders is actually do something that you would expect other people to do as well. Yeah. So and at the same time, everything is operating, even if you're not around. Yeah. So if you have a, a blueprint of your leadership, your business should run exactly how it's supposed to run.
0: When I was a young leader, man, in in, uh, in corporate America, I was what they call a charismatic leader. Why are you saying it? Uh, A charismatic leader is the person that inspires people, motivates people. But then when they leave, there goes the inspiration. Yeah. They were inspired to work for you and work with you. And uh, as I've matured, I've turned into what they call a servant leader. And a servant leader is one who serves their team and they serve their organization or they serve them. And when you do that, they bring the love back and it's able to be sustained. I used to be able to uh, like I'd be able to turn something around but then I would leave and then it would fall apart. You know, right, it's, right. It's, so it's was like, no, I want to be able to create things and have some sustainable, uh, so some sustainability, but I, I realized that I had to start serving, you know, and I think that for me, it was service, you know, once I started providing that service, and, and it's kind of like what you were just talking about, you want people to do things the way that you're doing them, um, so you got to elevate and delegate, you know, you got to delegate, help them get better, so, so that's there. Um, how is your store doing? Man, first off, shout out to
1: Unique Image Beauty Supply, I am the number one black-owned, the biggest, number one black-owned beauty supply store in Arlington, Texas. Come on, y'all. Um, I am, uh, the is doing fine. Um, I'm not where I wanted to be. I'm I've done hard. my own research as far as like what my store should produce. Uh, I'm not there. So the reason why I, I think I'm not there is it's the lack of marketing and the lack of people just not knowing. So I've only been in the business for about a little two and a half years. Um, I do understand the fact that business is not going to jump just like that. It can, yeah. but in my type of business, which is very competitive amongst other people, um, if people don't know where you're at, I can't expect the results. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So my job is to make sure I get my name out there, get people out to know that, hey, Unique Image Beauty Supply is the number one black-owned beauty supply store. And I could tell you why, but- more and show you why, but the reason the reason why I'm not where I need to be is because I just need more, I, I need to seek more results.
0: Yeah, I like that. I, I want to just challenge that just a little bit because I think our community, like... I, it feels like the Asians have ha- have cornered the market and, and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying anything derogatory towards them, but it seems like they've cornered the beauty supply market. And I have yet to see an ad. I never see them on social media. I never see them marketing their business. How are they able to, to corner our market with our people? But here you are saying you got to get better at your marketing in order to get your people to show up to your store. I've never seen a banner for uh, an Asian uh, uh, beauty supply spot. Absolutely. You're absolutely right.
1: Um, they have the 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 power to have the capital to have this huge, you know, and in which I mean, I'm sure anybody could do this, but it, it's it's more comfortable the capital, and it's just understood that a person or a company that owns a bee supply store, ninety eight percent of the time, it's
0: going to be an Asian rent. I could also see they probably can source products maybe a little bit cheaper than we can. They they may have a connection to warehouses overseas that we may not have it because that do you think that might be something that plays a part absolutely so um you know i'll give you an example
1: if i had a product and i knew for a fact that i could hook you up and me and you are really good friends and someone else that i don't know i'm gonna hook you up more than the person i don't know yeah i'm gonna make some money on the other people i'm gonna make more money if they want to get my game but um, there's ways around it. There are a lot of vendors out there that makes it a little bit tough for black owned beauty supply owners or any other race, uh, to own uh beauty supply stores. But there is a, there is a secret sauce behind it. Mainly it's all capital. Capital is everything. A lot of people can't really put up $15,000 up front just to get then, in you know, and start getting these certain type of discounts. Um, but that's really what it is. But when you see a small business like myself, a lot of people tend to think, you know, hey, this person don't have the type of capital, but I was blessed to take about 85 percent of the market with, uh, you know, vendors, popular vendors throughout the whole United States, which makes it a little bit tough for others. Um, I've been blessed to get access to majority of the stuff. And so the other 15 uh, percent I get in other ways. And so it's I'm, I'm able to get what people need. I and mean, it's a solid blessing.
0: What does it mean to you to be the the largest black uh, beauty supply uh, warehouse or uh, supply company out there in Arlington? Because I hear when you said it earlier, and I I wanted to let you finish it, but you said it with so much power and you were so proud. What does that mean to you? And why is this so important? Because
1: what I started with, I remember when I first signed my contract, which was February 15, 2020. This man remembers the date, Mm -hmm. y'all. One month later, COVID hits. And no wonder mom could even like consider going outside. You got to think about it. In 2020, if you get COVID, you die.
0: That's right. And so February was like literally when COVID started cracking wow. off. Like, like, that was we
1: like, heard of it, be, but we weren't really playing with this. Right. You know, we were still out eating steaks and stuff <laughs> like that. I remember. I promise. I remember eating, and then I had to find. And, and keep in mind, mine wasn't an already set in stone. Building. Mine was an open shell. I told my landlord exactly where I want my line to be, so this was going to be my square foot line. So when that line hit, I had to get the HVAC, I had to get the electrical, the plumbing, the uh, the engineer. I mean, all these people, I mean, not not many people just pull out cranes and put a, a whole seven-ton seven, seven ton HVAC on the top of a building, man, during COVID. I mean, these, these people, they were... Ain't nobody messing with you? Yeah, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so... I just remember that I was blessed. And, and also, keep in mind, try try to get some type of loan. Everybody nobody calling you, anybody, nobody. Man. The bank is closed. Yeah. Oh, the bank, they're at home. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. To submit an E at one time. <laughs> exactly. And so I. that's that's why I put so much heart, so much pride. And when I say that I survived, because I see people left and right peacing out, peacing out, and just giving up on what their dreams were or bankruptcy that was the easy way out to me i wasn't going to stop without a fight and so um even at the dealership i remember at the dealership no one's come to a dealer i had to lock the front doors and have a a side door in the back on the side and have appointments only just to buy a car okay
0: you know and so it was and the statute of limitations is up on that just in case somebody's over there hating. That was that was totally <laughs> illegal. And if it wasn't, it's too late. That's what it is. My well, man oh, already got paid. I <laughs>
1: <so laughs> already got paid, That's man. So my man already cast a check. You're not it's coming spent. back to get that back. He already, already really got that. It's already spent. But man, I mean, no one really understands unless you own a business and you went through what I went through to have the type of pride that I have. So right now, I mean, I have... A wide variety of selection. I've got, you know, but most ladies want wigs, bundles, chemicals, color, got barber supplies. I mean, I kinda all this stuff. But at one point, I remember I couldn't get anything because
0: hell, everyone overseas shut down. Supply, was, was supply chain was ruined. Boy, the supply chain was so hard you made. See, you didn't see a FedEx truck rolling around the street. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, Amazon was booming. I don't know what who they was getting their product from, but somehow them packages was showing up. I told my wife, baby, if I see another Amazon package at this house this week, it's going to be an issue. Absolutely. So Amazon found a way to keep going. But, um, you know, when, when you talk about the pride of ownership, I want to I want to drop your first jewel off where you just said you're not going down without a fight. Absolutely. And I think when you go into these businesses, y'all, I, I would promise you and KP, if I'm wrong, check me. He did not think that his that COVID was going to hit. He had no idea COVID was coming. COVID came and then you kept going. But sometimes you're going to see people like they get hit and that chin is so glass they got they took that first shot and then it dropped them, and they never stood back up. How did you keep going?
1: That's all in the brain. I told myself that you keep going. I just saw I don't even know how I even create. I don't know how my brain even exists like this, but I'm so self-motivated and I I just I don't go down without a fight. If I'm going to fold
0: I'm a foe like a G and know that I've got everything that I've got. Yeah. But so, so the key to that y'all is intrinsic motivation. That's that motivation. That's inside. He don't need somebody sitting over here patting him on his back, telling him he's doing a good job. He's motivated inside on his own. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's not, yeah. I talked dream about this. That, that's not self-taught. That's something that you have to have. That's something that's uh that's a gift from God. And I'm so blessed that I'm a candidate in this earth that has that type of motivation in my soul so i applaud every single person that owns a business or is in business or ha- runs a business i applaud everyone because you do have so many sacrifices so many mental thoughts that could be positive and negative and still keep your sanity that's 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 a that's a that's a strange formula man you yeah. and so to and at the same time be hello, a happy family, and keep a smile and stuff in the back of your mind. You know what's really going on. Yeah. But, man. So well, you're not letting your circumstances
0: uh, define you? Absolutely not, because the reason why, no one really cares. <laughs> you said, who cares anyway? Nobody cares but yourself. Yeah. I, I was just uh, at a podcast summit, man. Shout out to my man, David Shands, out there. Uh, we was just out there in Miami, and, and CJ came up there uh, with Eric Thomas's team, and he said, you know, you got to identify what your gift is. And he said, your gift is the thing that's easy to you, but it's hard for other people. Absolutely. And so when you were just talking about your mindset, you had said that that was something that God gave you. That may be one of your gifts, man. That just you have that ability to be able to overcome and to persevere. Um, And you said it's not something that was self-made. It came from God. But when did you start uh, noticing that that's the way that you were? Was it did you identify that young in your life when you were were a kid or is this something that has developed over time? Um, I knew as a kid that I had it, but I didn't know how a
1: kid how to utilize it. Okay. Uh, when you had a superpower but you just didn't know how to activate it. Absolutely. Uh, unfortunately to me, I try to use it in the, in, in, uh, in, in the streets way versus in a business way. Yeah. And of course, a couple of reality checks had to come in and it it kicked in at the right time because it made me the person who I am now. It makes me super humble and it just all comes in line so to allow me to do what i want to do and the crazy thing is i'm not done yet like i've just got god has more things for me in this world and the the crazy thing is i like helping people yeah (laughs) i like to share and 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 give people knowledge and how to do things and and give kids my experience of what you shouldn't do what you should do i mean like it's it's a solid blessing man i mean I, i i truly don't have any type of Negative energy or hate in my system. Yeah. And so with that being said, I reverse that and try to help change and motivate and educate and coach other people in the society.
0: Man, if if you all remember the episode that I shot with Dream um, and if you haven't checked out that episode yet, check that episode out because that was a fire a fire interview. But one thing that Dream had talked about was um, when you feel him down, you got to give. Like you got to open up your hands and help. He, he gave some examples of like, man, go cut the barber. You a barber going to cut that pastor's hair. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And, and I, so I hear you saying that as well. And I think, again, y'all, I just want y'all to hear the theme. We didn't rehearse this. Oh, no. I know that Dream had that conversation. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not like he was like, hey, man, this is what he's saying. But I want you all to hear that, that multiple people are saying the same thing, that it's about helping other people. And I think sometimes, you know, I, I want to get your take on this. But sometimes people have a hard time. They're like, man, if I help somebody else, then that's going to take away from me. Yeah, that's uh, that's the
1: part where, you know, you just got to eliminate that thought process. It's uh, it's not always about you. I mean, you got a role in this earth. You're alive for a purpose. And so if your purpose is eliminated, you won't be with us any longer. But since we're all on this earth and we're walking at this point, you got to figure out how to help that next generation, how to help that next person, because that person has a role as well to help that next person.
0: Yeah, man. I think each one teach one if we do our if we do our part and really help we, we really help like there's enough for all of us. Oh, absolutely. And I think we come from a scarcity mindset as opposed to an abundant mindset. The abundant mindset says, "Yo, there's enough for all of us." But the scarcity mindset says, "Man, I got to get in the corner and I got to duck away." <laughs> and, and and I understand it though cuz cuz I came from a situation where I didn't. We didn't have a whole bunch of successful people. I didn't have a whole bunch of examples yeah. of people that were professional. Right. And I think a lot of us got our training in the streets, and that was where we started seeing it. And this—that's the shadiest place. Any of them people that's 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 trying to figure out how do I get in or how do I get out? I'm gonna tell y'all right now: stop going the easy route. Yep. Take the stairs every now and again. You know what I'm saying? Because that fast money is cool, but you you you're hurting people. You're hurting yourself when you try to take that. I, 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 I'm gonna ask you how. So how how did you? Had that type of mindset. Yeah, um, I was talking to, talking before. You know, I, I played sports when I was younger, and um, I was hungry. I've always been this little ambitious little dude. I was the little kid in the neighborhood. Could not wait for it to snow because me and the homies was getting out there. We was gonna shovel. We was gonna. Yeah. I, I wanted to improve my circumstances in my situation, and so I developed that mindset by um, wanting to improve my circumstances. I wanted to, wanted to do something better, and then I've also had people that were following behind me. Yeah. That I felt responsible for, you know, uh, the people in my neighborhood. Shout out everybody over there in Hoffman Heights, man. They was like rooting for me, you know. And and, and then they also, I had uh, one of my cousins, man. He, I, I wanted to get put on so bad. Yeah. I wanted to get in a dope game. I ain't gonna lie. I was like, bro, give me all. Like I'm trying to get a sack. Can we get cracking? Yeah. And he was like, this ain't for you, T. I had some some homeboys that was in the streets. I, I remember just, he passed away probably a week after we had this conversation. They was going, like, bro, I'm getting get ready to hit the block. And I'm like, for sure, let me jump in. And yeah, talk. yeah, for and, sure. And they stopped like, what? <laughs> brother? this ain't for you. So um, my my true answer is that it was God. I still try to dibble and dabble out there and play around a little bit, but yeah. I realized that um, I, I started seeing my homeboys sit down and go to prison. And I was thinking to myself, like, Yo, the money that 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 I that I could be making on a square gig, the money that I'm making on a square gig, I can make more money doing that than what these dudes is making now. He's locked up, Absolutely. so I think that mentality just kind of uh, fed into me. We're gonna take a quick break, and I want y'all to check out this uh commercial by my man Dream motivates y'all. This dude's studio is so fly and so player. If you need help, man, I want y'all to check this out. Now, after this, ep- I mean, after this commercial, don't just log out like. Jump back in, man, because I need y'all to stay in and get the rest of this game that my brother KP is finna drop on y'all, man. So we'll be right back after this episode, I mean after this commercial. Let's get it. Now, was that fly or what, y'all? That man Dream got a thing going on, man. But um, I'm back with my guest, KP, with uh, Unique Beauty Supply um, out there in Arlington, Texas, y'all. And um, we I, I really wanted to learn a little bit more about you, KP, like a little bit about your upbringing. But like, what would 10-year-old KP think about you? If he was to look at your life today and what you've built, how would he feel? Man, the 10-year-old KP would probably
1: wouldn't even come close to even thinking that I'm at where i'm at today okay i say that because uh i mean shout out to my mom and dad i mean my I, great family everything's good we all did not come from the best structure in the world i'm gonna tell you right, right now i thought i was because what i had around me was great yeah you know shit. i love grits i love you know cream we I, I, I all that stuff i thought i had everything put the razors in it sure, we chop it up we good yeah. yeah you know but Growing up and it's funny like I even Google like where we used to live when I was little I, li- I did this like recently just to bring my Mind back I said man that's the That's the house that we should live in Amen. I thought I was like living it I, well, I, I thought it was the best thing ever And, here I am just, and I'm super blessed of Where I'm at today but 10 year old Kevin man he, he wouldn't even Come close to thinking That I'll be in Arlington Texas being a True entrepreneur with A real entrepreneur that made uh, decisions to execute
0: a plan. I mean, it's just unheard of. Yeah. So, so growing up, did you have the entrepreneurial drive? Was that something that was inside of you? Or?
1: Yeah, I did because I remember my, my my dad had a plan. He wanted to do something, but it was the, it's the one thing that everyone struggles execution. Yeah. Never executed. He talked about it, talked about it, talked about it. One day I'm gonna do this. One day I'm gonna do this. One day I'll do this. I mean, I love my dad to death. I mean, he's a great man, but we just. Got to the point where everybody's getting older, and it was too late to execute because everybody was starting to do it.
0: I, I, I want to ask something that, that's uh, interesting. How do you think your children would have fared growing up the way you grew up, and then how would you have done if you grew up in the in this environment where where you are today? Um, because your kids would they have made it?
1: <laughs> no, because I, of course I would say yes. Oh, make they it. Figured they they it out. would. Yeah, they wouldn't know no better, but. If I were to automatically switch the scene and have my daughter or my son live the way I did live, they'd be confused, very confused. Lack of resources, lack of just environment. It'd be totally different. And you would literally have to take care of yourself at an earlier age, more mature quicker, I would say. Um, And vice versa. Um, If I was living the way I lived, I really think that if I and, and, and I was the father of me being a little younger, I would um probably because I know the type of person I am, um, you know, I I, I interviewed uh JC Styles, Miss Jada, uh, with Dream and you know, it's one of the connections that I had when I when I listened to them speak was the fact that, you know, they're father and daughter and I have a daughter growing up. I'm going to make sure that my daughter is going to think and be smart about entrepreneurship and execution not not to fear uh, not to have the fear but you can't teach that stuff but you can have a support system and be motivated with fear and so um i don't know i mean it's uh it'll be a different
0: i want to know how it would be if I was raised the way I am, uh how my, my kids are being. I'm gonna tell you these camera phones, <laughs> these camera phones would a uh I think that was a game changer. Yeah. I, I remember we had to be creative, you know, uh call waiting. Uh, I remember when we ain't even have call waiting, somebody's calling the phone you're getting that busy signal, I'm trying to talk to my sister, like, can you please get off the phone real quick? Because they said they was gonna call me at eight o'clock. I think things like that my kids would struggle with. Yeah. You know, they would they would have a hard time adjusting to uh living in a in an oven and not in a microwave. Cause everything right now in the microwave, you just push thirty seconds, push play, push push start on that microwave, and then boom, you got your meal. Um, I think it would have been a lot a, a bigger challenge for my kids. And then when I think about myself in this environment today, I'm looking at it like, man, I honestly think I would have thrived. <laughs> I think I would have thrived. These sort of like trainers, just like I got kids. Uh, my son is is uh, playing quarterback at Colorado Mesa out there, man. Shout out to Leslie, man. Go do your thing, baby. Yeah. Um, but This dude had a trainer, you know what I'm saying? Like he was teaching this dude how to run, how to throw the ball, how to do all of that. We was like teaching each other how to play sports. We didn't have that um, ability, you know, to have our people uh, teaching us that way. So I think that would have certainly been um, an advantage, you know, because I think we have much greater resources today, you know, and and if I grew up with these resources, I think I would have been a lot further ahead. But after I say that, I also think, that's part of the reason that we are the way we are, man, is we didn't have those resources. We had to get out there and grit and get nasty with it and go do it. Do you think technology has
1: changed this world as well
0: oh. as far as like the way of people are thinking? Oh, man. The, absolutely. You know how uh, how we knew if a girl liked us? Oh. We went up and asked her. Oh, you wrote a note. Yeah, we brought a note. The homie Might have brought a note to her. Right now, it's like I posted up a picture and, and I, my kids, and they'll say stuff like, um, you know, Dad, they, she liked my little Instagram post and that's how I knew she was feeling me. <laughs> we was getting told, "Hey, you ugly man! Them shoes mm. is raggedy." You right. know what I'm saying, so I couldn't wait to go back to school on Monday to figure it out. Yeah. So <laughs> what, and you had no other you had no other choice. The other thing that was happening was you got beat up, right? Somebody beat you up, or you got into a real fist fight with somebody, right. and it didn't go well. But then, guess what? You had to still go to school tomorrow because your mom was like, "Boy, you're not about to miss school because of that." Right. It was the one that thought you was tough trying to fight that boy. You had no business mm-hmm. trying to fight him. So I think, um, technology has removed that human element from our children and it's taken that out of it. And I think that that's how it's had an impact on our, uh, culture and on our society. Yeah. I think ultimately our, uh, our kids are, and I love all my kids, man. Shout out to the kids. They, they're doing a wonderful job, but I think that we've made it so easy for them that it's gotten a little bit soft and a little bit too easy for them.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you a personal question. you kids? key. You say our yeah, kids, right? Yes, sir. see. Um, and I was discussing this with one of my guys at, at the, at the beach supply, so one of my good friends. Um, man, I remember I used to get my butt whipped all the time. Yeah. Do you, whip, do, you, do you beat your kids up? No, I don't. What changed?
0: I hated getting whooped. And I didn't <laughs> learn. It was it pissed me off. Yeah, it did. It didn't make me. It wasn't like, oh, that's the reason that I'm not going to do that is because mama just whooped my ass. I st- I hated how it made me feel and I, I hated her for that Like yeah. in that moment my dad whooped me my mama whooped me I hated it I understood why they did it, yeah and what they were saying their purpose was and right. all of that but I hated it and so um I think we parent our kids a little bit different today because of the experiences that we had growing up and we're saying to ourselves man I don't want that I didn't respond to that that wasn't the way that I felt so no I don't want my how about you, you whooping your kids Man, I, I, I don't.
1: I, I mean I do, but I don't. It's like it's a, a pay attention type situation. Yeah. But I don't have a belt just putting lines on my leg and my butt or, or extension or remote control, you gotta die. I mean, I, I I don't I don't have that, but I just remembered and the reason why I asked that, do you think and you said how children sometimes are being soft and lack of communication and you could get on your cell phone and say hey someone likes me because of this you know i mean like it's so different i mean you can't even i don't even trust people now i don't even like uh let my kids go walk far play because people steal kids these days (laughs) you know what i'm saying i mean it's just our society is just so
0: crazy to to me. me i think i think you know i think that's there's some truth into that and i think that some of the experiences like what I think that... And I hate to throw you off. I no, apologize. No, you so. Yeah, at all. we just, we vibing. But I would say um, some of the things that I wish I would do differently is not about whooping them. It was about my mama telling me no. Yeah. Mom used to say no. You said, mama, can I go outside? Mama would say, no, you can't go outside. you like, so then I had to learn this. Mom, I cleaned up my room. I got all my chores done. I did all my homework. I still have $7 from last week when I cut the grass. Uh, I'm going to ride my bike up there. Me and Terrence is going to meet up at the park and we gonna Who? I'll be home before dark, so I don't even need a ride. Yeah. Is it cool if I go up there? So that taught me how to overcome objections at a young age because Mama used to love to say no, but my kids will come to me and they'll be like, "Dad, I got a tournament in Anchorage, Alaska," and they'll just have me to fly and <laughs> go. Fly, and they don't even think twice about it. Yeah. So I think <laughs> my my financial position <laughs> is a little bit different yeah. than my parents, and I think that part of the reason that we was getting our ass whooped was because our parents might have been stressed, right? And then now. Now you stealing from the store? Yeah. Oh, you didn't didn't added more to my plate? you no. know. So I think we're in a situation where we're not nearly as tense as our parents were. Yeah. And that may be because we have um, a little bit more, you know, financially in our, and we're not in the same situation that our children, uh, I'm sorry, that our parents were in. You yeah. know, so I think that that is a, a, a contributing factor in, in some of the factor of why the kids are. So I feel like for me personally, I hate telling my kids no. Oof. I hate telling my kids no. But. For some reason, my mom did not have a problem telling us no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like right. does that make sense? Though? Absolutely. So Absolutely. I agree. So when I look at it, it wasn't the ass whoopings because that made me mad. Yeah. But it was the it was the no for no reason. And she would and, and my mom was funny like this. I said, "Mom, can I go outside?" And she's like, "No, you know you got to go clean your homework. I mean, do your homework or clean up the house." And then if I said, "But mama already did that," she would say, I already. What did I say? I already said no." So that's how I learned You as overcome a, objections. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. As a as a sales rep, <laughs> right? When I was in the field selling, oh my God, I was waiting for an objection. You're right, they're going to say no. <laughs> gonna, I was waiting for like <laughs> this, sermon. but I would try to give you all of this information on the right. front end so that you could not tell me no. Absolutely, you know. So I want to learn what your pain points are. So those were some of the skills that I learned. I was the uh, I was the mouthpiece of my team. Yeah, uh, I was the one knocking on the door saying, uh, "Would you mind if we went out there and wash your car?" I was the one going selling boxes. Man, I must have sold uh, 10,000 boxes of world finest chocolate to to raise money to go on the track meets and things like that. So I knew what my talent was. So as I got older, I just tapped back into what I knew. What were some of the talents and some of the things that you had as a young person that you see that you still utilize today? Man, uh, probably my
1: best talent was to actually have people to like me instantly at a real quick, real quick pace. Um, I was able to, uh, present myself at a, at a, at a, at a, at a present myself in a certain way that it was, I mean, you know, I, I, I like this guy, you know, so I don't have like too many enemies, but of course I'm not going to hold other side of me. I of mean, yeah. course, I mean, you yeah, know, yeah. i get there find out real quick. You know what I'm saying, But <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. He's still trying to find out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can't think nobody
0: no smoke. But,
1: no bro. smoke, man. No smoke. But I had a, I had a solid gift. To make someone smile and actually believe mm. what I'm saying, art of uh, influence—that's the word, influencing. You all—you had that influence at a young age, man. Powerful. And the crazy thing is, my kids got it right now. Mm. It's just like what you said, I can't say no. It's tough. I, I can say no, but but dad, I mean, it's. It's persuasion. wrong, they got persuasion. that persuasion, boy, and that's a powerful thing. you'd become the president of the United States of America if you could uh, outsmart and persuade the right person yeah
0: I, I wanna um i wanna ask you, you know I asked you what would what what would your ten year old self think of you but i want i wonder um what would you say to ten year old k p if you could talk to him right now, give him a little bit of advice or give him some encouragement what would you say to him um I was tell him. Have
1: fun now, but don't sink yourself into what your friends think is right. Yeah. Because your friends, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you right now, and I was telling a uh, dream. My group of friends who I thought were friends, I mean, some of my friends turned, my, turned their back on me, uh, went left, stole from me. But my friends went from here. Cause I was I was actually pretty popular. I mean, I mean, a lot of people knew me, and it was actually important to me. Well, you you had the likability factor, absolutely. And so, and group different groups of people, different types of people. Even when I was young and growing up, I mean, it was crazy. Like I was, you know, I was a gangbanger or anything like that. But there were gangbangers, that I knew that I know this group of people don't like this people, this group of don't like this people. But I loved everybody; and they loved me. And so I just realized. I used my mouth. I used my influential skills to get what I wanted. But at the end of the day, my circle is this small. Because, I, I, again, I had trust issues because I, it's just due to my childhood, man. I apologize. But the good thing is all my L's that I had in my life was all reality checks. And I know for a fact that I always keep my eye open
0: on a certain situation that I feel is, you know, can't be looked over. Church, I love that. Um, I want to kind of transition into where you are today. And um, one of the things that I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs or or professionals is that they have a plan and they are constantly working their plan, refining their plan, road mapping, et cetera. Um, What does your future look like for you, man, in the next two, three years with your your beauty supply business? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I I feel like in the next two to three years, I should be uh, making at least eight times as much as my stores are making right now. I plan on opening two other beauty supply stores and also some type of lounge. Once I get those done, of course, in the meantime, I probably hopefully I'm blessed enough to stop getting in the auto industry and I'm able to manage all three. I'd rather wake up in the morning and know I need to go to these certain locations, get, make sure these tasks are done and spend more time. with my family.
0: What, what do you have to do to do that? Like, what's it going to take for you to get to that next step where you are eight times what your business is, is asking? You know, most people will say a team. Of course, you got to have a team, but
1: it really just takes patience, right opportunities, and um, execution.
0: Okay. So you got to execute. You got to find those opportunities. Now, when opportunities come, um, they don't always jump out at you and say, Hey, I'm an opportunity. You know, are you actively looking for opportunities or are people coming to you, bringing opportunities to you? Like, how? and, And I'm saying, I want to get into your mind, KP, because c- yeah. you're very successful. I- and I appreciate I- it. I want to help other people get there. So I'm just trying to probe a little bit deeper to say, like, how do how do you know it's the opportunity? Right. Um, and
1: that's a good question. My first step to me is to make sure when I have the task at hand is on pace and I could see a trend that I know for a fact within two years, three years, I would hit my goal. Okay. And so to jump out of of something that you already focused on, to jump out of it will be the dumbest thing any entrepreneur would do. So if you're going, going, but you still got other things to do to keep going and you jump out of it, it's just gonna go, go, and it'll go right back down. So when I hit a certain peak, which I do have in mind, once I hit a certain peak, I feel that it's time to go to the next step. The next step is build store number two. I could build a beauty supply store within 48 hours. It's it's that simple. So you got that part figured It's that simple. Like, I wish I could teach and train people exactly how to open a beauty supply store because I could do it. If y'all want to learn, man, reach out to my man KP. He'll help you out. Yeah, please do. But that, that would be the ultimate goal. I, I can't take no, I can't skip steps, but jumping immediately will be skipping steps. I have to market and make sure everyone in the DFW knows who I am and what the type of person I am and what I
0: represent? Yeah, I think that's far, that's fire. Um, w- w- kind of for this entrepreneur who's feeling—I want to stop saying entrepreneur, y'all, because it's—it's about professional. So for the professional that's feeling stuck, and they're feeling like, man, I'm 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 right. I'm at the cusp of breaking through, but I ain't had the results yet. I, I I I don't necessarily have the capital to get started, but I got a good idea. What would you tell that entrepreneur or that professional? Um, that's feeling like I'm trying to get out of my own way or I'm trying to get to this next level but i feel like i'm stuck
1: find find a role model find that leader that's better than you Mm. and just listen to what that person has to say and help them guide you so that you don't make the right make sure so you don't make the mistakes that that other person did
0: man I, i i i swear to god this might be the biggest jewel that's been dropped you gotta find a mentor You got to find a coach and you guys got to stop being afraid of finding coaches. You got to stop being afraid of like reaching out to people and trying to get help and asking for help. And I think that sometimes we have that disposition where we're afraid to ask somebody to help us get to this next level. And I'm going to say this as well. We got a bunch of scammers out here. These scam coaches got some fake coaches. Um, So one of the things I would say is when you're looking for a, a coach or when you're looking for a mentor, I always say CTS. Consider the source. Does bro have the life that you want to have? Right. Is he doing what you want to do? Right. Like the last thing I'm going to do is try to get advice from somebody, uh, marriage advice from somebody that's in a divorce. Of course, right. (laughs) I can learn from them though because I I do want to say that I think that the person who failed, you can learn from them. If you're, at, if you're asking them the right questions, Correct. what would you have done differently? How would you have done this if, if you had the opportunity to do it a different way? Absolutely. But I think what you just got done saying was so important that you really got to put yourself in a situation that you're getting the guidance and you're getting advice from somebody that actually has d- done it or somebody that has knowledge on what you're doing. I got one last segment for you, and it's called Settle the Score. Yes, sir. And, and ultimately, man, we gotta we got to get this figured out. Because this is this is a debate that's been going on, man. I want to know a, a couple questions. Who's had a greater impact on culture and on your life? Was it Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. or was it Malcolm X? Martin
1: Luther King. Martin Luther King Jr., why? Georgia, baby. Okay. Georgia.
0: He's a Georgia boy. Okay. There we go. Second question is, who had a greater impact and influence on your life? Was it Tupac or Jay-Z? Tupac. Tupac. Is it close? Super close. It's super close. Absolutely. Okay. Mine is like Tupac and Nib Hustle. Then I don't know which one had a greater impact. It might have been Nib It might have been Tupac. All right. Um. In terms of like vacationing, you going out on a vacation? Would you rather go to L. A. in vacation or would you rather go to Miami? L. A la yeah okay i love la too i was just in my i was just in miami though miami is so dope it's beautiful I, I love la too though so i'm not sure what my answer would be on that one um, and then i, I want to know when you're reading would you prefer to read a book or listen to an audible i prefer an audible
1: but reading is more uh intimate
0: yeah i, I like to read I, I i feel like i retain the information a lot better when i'm reading um and i think sometimes when i'm listening to it i find myself getting distracted. I gotta like go back and try to listen to it again so that I can uh, really catch what that piece is, man. So, yeah. um, but but KP, it's been a blessing talking to you. Yeah. I want you to tell the people how they can get a hold of you yeah, and absolutely. why they should come and check your store out, bro.
1: Hey, first off, number one, black-owned beauty supply store in Arlington, Texas. The biggest number one beauty supply store in Arlington, Texas. You can find me at Unique Image Beauty Supply TikTok, Instagram, facebook wherever you want to call it if you want to see me personally my name is kevin polite like a polite person i'm telling you all you people entrepreneurs leaders whatever you do make sure whatever you're going through if something comes goes wrong don't give up if your business goes down quit open to something else if someone's telling you your business is not going to work that should motivate you to keep going I, motive, I I I salute everyone that's in the uh, in the chair with the opportunity to do something in your life, change someone's life up, man.
0: And I'm telling you, God got your back. So God got you, man. Reach out to my brother Kevin. Polite. Um, this is Tarik Shabazz. This is the Pro Formula Podcast. I really appreciate y'all tuning in. I hope y'all enjoyed this show, and I look forward to seeing y'all next time. Peace. One love.